Welcome to episode 10 of Inner Space. How are you today, Miss Rachel? I'm doing great, Miss Emily. How are you? I'm doing fab. So one thing I've been thinking about is culture and... Culture? Um, culture. <laughs> and the reason I've been thinking about it actually is because I've been working on a project where the clients that I'm working with, um, it's not actually their, spe- their culture specifically, but they integrate a lot of worldly goods into their home mm. and they they go on a lot of travels and they bring back items from their travels and their home just feels very cultural very in touch with culture and so this has gotten me thinking a little bit about our cultures and how they're reflected in our spaces and how they um, impress on us in our daily lives hmm so do, what parts of the world do these clients bring their their items back from all over you're thinking I pay more attention than I do no I'm just kidding <laughs> yeah no it's I think it's pretty varied uh-huh. um, I have there are actually two different two different clients that I have right now that that are different types of trips and different types of items that they bring back one of them in in particular has um, Turkish rugs that mm. he gets from Turkey and right. they're absolutely beautiful um, but integrating that culture and integrating their experiences into their home whether it be their culture or picking up on on their experiences right um i feel like bringing culture into the home it it, uh, it reflects a little bit more on your life and your experiences mm-hmm. did i just say experiences two times in a row i don't think so okay <laughs> well this kind of for some reason what i think of when you bring up this topic is that my childhood home i don't remember anything being a reflection of a culture or yeah. even my parents' heritages, you know, right. they were, it was in the 1950s, it was pretty, I don't know, I don't remember people doing that very much. Right, I think that it's it, more it generic, is, I yeah. guess. And I think that is, it's a newer thing. I, if you look at really um, popular trends, the um, indie bohemian trend is one that has become very popular and bohemian trends are very involved in bringing in cultural items and items from travels. And So what would define bohemian? Oh, Bohemian. Just in How a to nutshell. define it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, you know, I kind of, <laughs> I don't know if it should be defined this way, but I kind of think of hippie, mm. indie, indie hippie kind of. Huh. It's loose. It's relaxed. It, it has a lot of cultural items. You see a lot of um, items from from other countries and, and from all over the world. And it just, it. Uh, I think it's almost it's almost if you took minimalism and dumped a little culture in there. Huh. Okay. <laughs> so that sounds appealing. It is. It's beautiful. Well, I certainly am interested in minimalism, which is a topic for another yes, absolutely. another discussion, yes, which we'll yes. do soon. But yeah, so I feel like maybe a lot of it has to do with people, and I think this in general, people are much more interested in defining their own sensibility than they used to be I feel like Mm -hmm. when I was young in the 50s and of course this isn't true across the board but people were much more inclined to just kind of go with the norm yes yeah I agree well and I think that that was a time where I mean I honestly think of when I think of the 50s I think of the movie Edward Scissorhands oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) and how everybody pulls out of their driveway at exactly the same time and they all have their little pastel houses right with the matching yards Mm -hmm. and Everything, everyone follows the norm. I also think of the the book. Um, oh, I 
don't know if you ever read these books. There was the A Wrinkle in Time and oh, A Wind yes. in the Door. Madeline Langle. Yes. And let's not forget I was a children's librarian. That's for a while. right. <laughs> so you remember the planet that they went to where the, all the kids came out and jump roped at yes. the same time? Uh-huh. It makes me think of that too, which means that there's a master yeah. brain throbbing not, somewhere. Right. Like not much um, individualism going right. on. Right. Right. But I think that that's also a trend right now is the individuality and and being in touch with yourself and oh, who totally. you are, it's its a big deal. And I think it's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, it's so, in a way, it almost seems crazy that you hear so much about just be authentic. I mean, it just seems so obvious, <laughs> right? In a way. It does seem obvious. But, but you it... hear about it constantly. I feel like anyway, in my right. world, I hear about it constantly. Be real, yeah. be authentic. Yes. Which is great. And it's true. But it's sort of like, how come it's taken this long for people to start feeling that this is important <laughs> that it's okay to be ourselves right and like be who that's we are. all we really should be doing right just right. be yourself well it's kind of be like your how, best self kind of like how all of a sudden nerdy is cool mm-hmm. being a nerd is awesome and i'm right. just like hey you Geeking know where was out. this when i was younger right <laughs> when you were the biggest nerd and geek <laughs> <laughs> right? when i had buck teeth glasses a patch <laughs> over one eye and a brace on my leg where was nerd being cool <laughs> But back to culture. <laughs> yes. So, so culture and and um, the, the thing that I find interesting about this, as far as culture, um, bringing culture into your home, I love going to somebody's home and seeing something that has a story behind it. Mm. And I know that oftentimes my clients love having pieces that have a story behind them and. This gets tricky in interiors because they say, oh, I want to get a dining table. Rachel, can you find me an antique dining table? And I have to grin and say, I'm not actually an antiquer. I'm an interior designer. (laughs) But um, I'd be happy to make sure your antique dining table that you find works with your space. Mm -hmm. So I don't create stories for homes. I think that that's up to the homeowner. But yeah, having cool objects, well, cool maybe, Yeah. um, objects that are have a story behind them are really, that's a great way to. It's wonderful. Yeah. And it's something that, you know, when you, when I go into someone's house and I see their, their um, items that are special to them, integrating that into a part of their design and into their daily lives and mm-hmm. how they use their space. It's, it's fantastic when yeah. it works out that way. I love to go into a house and some certain items are just, you just know there's a story behind it. Yeah. You know, you're like, wow, what is that? Tell me about that. You know, it's really neat. <laughs> it's usually because it's a little bit out of place. Right. And I think that that's okay. It's a little imperfection or a little odd or in whatever. In design, we call that the design anomaly. Oh, really? And there's actually... I never heard that yep, term. That it is. It's a... Um, it's a thing. Right. It's a thing. Well, let's face it. We all have anomalies within us. Anomaly. Anomaly. Yeah. Like a, it's, a, it's a singular item that right. stands out from the rest. Yeah. I mean, perfection is boring and perfection oh, gosh, is something is. that who would even want to strive for it. Right. Although for some reason, humans seem to strive for perfection a lot. I definitely strive for protection, for <laughs> protection as well. <laughs> do you I mean, feel like I protection from my perfection. Do you strive for yes. perfection? Mm-hmm, I really? do. Well, I do in my career. Mm. But um, I guess it's what's the definition of perfection? Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I absolutely strive for it in my career. I, for example, I, last week I had a, uh, I got an email from a client that sounded like. I mean, there was no, we didn't say, they didn't say we're let down, we feel disappointed, but there was this tone that felt like they were let down. And I had a full on panic attack. I was on vacation and I was just, how do I fix this? Oh my gosh, they can't be feeling 
disappointed in any possible way in anything that I've done. Oh, it no. has to be perfect. But this is why I don't like emails too much because they can oh, my come across not the way it was intended sometimes. Yeah, but that's another topic. Yeah, yeah. But but I think, don't you think perfection can hold us back on, in some oh, ways? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It can because we can slow obsess us down. over something. Yes. I we, mean, slow, we slow down. We get slowed down in a bad way because we're right. obsessing. Yeah. And that's a perfect example. I mean, maybe they weren't let down at all. And I haven't even had a chance to talk to them about it yet. But right. <laughs> so this could so all be in your head. It, exactly. It could be something that I'm obsessing over and right. could be focusing on other things. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. but culture, culture, I think um, another thing that's interesting about it is um, working with different cultures and integrating other cultures into cultures for some reason, speaking today is not my thing. And in integrating them into uh, a different society and a different lifestyle. Um, say you come from Japan and you move to the United States and you're looking for a home away from home mm. in the U.S. And so you, you're you shopping for houses. And in general, in, in Japan, the homes are more minimalistic and modern. So that may be what this person is looking for. Um, but at the same time, you don't want a Japanese home in the U.S. Mm -hmm. You want an American home that maybe has the Japanese influence. And so I think that it's, it's... So it's finding a balance between keeping it... Right. Incorporating it, but right. also being mindful and aware of where you are, of your sense of place. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, if mm. I travel to... Uh, Gosh, where would I want to travel to? If I could travel everywhere whenever I wanted. I Let's say that I travel to Greece frequently. Mm -hmm. And oh, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. <laughs> In my sailboat, I sail to Greece every year. We're dreaming right now. Right. And every year when I go to Greece, I bring things home from Greece to design my home or surround myself with. And um, But I can't. I live in a farmhouse. Right. And also I wonder about... Can it get tricky when you're incorporating cultural elements that are not your own culture? Yes, I think then so. Because then bring in the whole thing of, you know, keeping respect. Exactly. There's a matter of, there's a line where you're keeping respect and also where you're just being true to yourself, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, you know, you walk into a home and, and you know somebody's born and raised in the U.S. and raised in a Christian family and you walk in and you've to a completely decked out African home, you're going to be like, what is this some kind of joke? Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think there's a fine line. And Restraint. It's tricky. Yes. Restraint. And always going back, even though we have our thoughts about Marie Kondo. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, that's another topic, but um, I don't know if you saw the article that was in the Sunday Times. I posted it on Facebook, actually, but there was a big article about Marie Kondo and She's, if you posted it last week, I was pretty behind. I've been behind. <laughs> she'll, uh, she's starting a, a training program for people to learn her method. So, uh -huh. Are whips self-whipping no. What is that called? Oh, flagellation. Yes. <laughs> um, but where was I going with that? <laughs> uh, okay. We'll, we'll come back to okay. that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, but, well, you were, we were talking about drawing a fine line and making sure that we're um, careful to respect our own culture and and also where we are, realizing our, our regionalism and right and, regionalism and being aware of that. Um, but another thing is um, 
like I was saying, these people that go on travels all the time, I love to see them bringing back their their decor and their, their art and um, pieces that come from other cultures. But what about also in, in incorporating your own culture? I mean, my husband is very proud that he is Irish. Mm. Um, and he's got a very strong Irish name that has, there's a Waldron clan in Ireland that he's thrilled about. And I'm sure that if he had anything to say about it, which he doesn't, um, <laughs> we would have artifacts from Ireland. And you don't home. have any? We have nothing. I, mm. And honestly, I think that would be a great thing to have, you know, one or two items, one yeah. or two note. And this makes um, me think of the, because one of the things I'm learning to do and what Rachel has done in her past is to be what's called a wedding celebrant. Mm-hmm. So She's I've a been, brave woman. I've been learning a lot <laughs> lately about incorporating multicultural elements in weddings. Mm-hmm. And it really can get really tricky, I think. Yes. You know, yeah. I mean, that whole thing of respecting the culture. I don't know. I guess in terms of weddings, I would be a little fearful. Like, I'm, what if I say something that's insulting? And, right. and it kind of applies to this, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I think. That I mean, you if it's your own be. culture, obviously mm-hmm. you do whatever you want. But when you're incorporating another's culture, I don't know. Right. I think you have to be really mindful. And it's, and then we also have to think about too. Well, my own situation. My mom was adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, I've met my biological father a few times. I don't really know him. I never got to know him enough to talk about our heritage. So. My family, my sisters, my brothers, and I, we don't know our heritage, really. I mean, we have hints here and mm. there. We think my mom found her biological father, she thinks, mm. and he's 100% Cher- or Chippewa, Cherokee, Chippewa. Oh, wow. Um, and her, she did find her biological mother, and she is Norwegian. So we know that we have Norwegian background. On but one side. Norwegian on one side. and Chippewa on one side. Maybe Chippewa, yeah. And what's your father? Um, my father, tall, skinny, and <laughs> I, I mean know. his heritage, stinky. I don't know. I th- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a huge fan. Um, I guess no, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I I think he was French and Welsh. Maybe mm. there were, like I said, there were just hints that we talked about it briefly. But I was nine and ten years old when I met him, so yeah. it wasn't you know that wasn't a topic of conversation, right? Um, so. We, instead of, when when we were younger, my mom didn't find her family until she was, gosh, I think it was, until I was an adult. Mm-hmm. So we were raised not knowing what our heritage was and right. not bringing culture into our lives. So instead, my mom decided to incorporate other cultures right. and just explore everything. Uh-huh. And so we celebrated every holiday we could think of. We celebrated Christmas. We celebrated Hanukkah. We celebrated Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> we um, went to powwows every year. We... Uh, that was one culture that I always felt very strongly attached to. Mm-hmm. So we always went and, and became involved in those type of activities. And So you really had expo- – the great thing about that is you had a lot of exposure to other cultures. Yes, yeah. But did your mom bring elements of that into your home environment or no? Well, we celebrated the holidays. At right. Home, yeah. But, but as far as daily life – But not in design. Life, no, no, not into our – no, not into mm. our spaces. I mean, unless you count the uh, – roach clip with a feather that we hung in the bathroom. <laughs> I thought I it was a barrette. <laughs> it's pretty minimal. I thought it was a barrette and I wore it in my hair. <laughs> well, I think with um, bringing in cultural pieces to the home, also it's really important to focus on restraint, don't you? 
I think so, yes. Because you could get really carried away. Oh, absolutely. And I've seen people get really, my mom got really carried away for a while. So she'll probably listen to this and make fun of me. But, <laughs> but you know, we had, um, we went through a really big dream catcher phase. Mm. <laughs> dream when, catchers when everywhere. everybody else did. You know, it was at the time that it was really, there was a time where dream catchers were really popular. And, and it was embarrassing, really, because we didn't, do the research and know the story behind dream catchers and what the, their purpose was or, uh-huh. you know we just followed the trend of hang a dream catcher above your bed and it'll catch the bad dreams but there's so much more to it than that oh really there's so See, much i didn't more know that either that. i yeah. thought it was just hang it near your bed no no this um and i'm not even going to try to repeat it because i'm not sure that i can do that correctly but <laughs> um many years later i did research it and find out i was i was a little embarrassed. I was uh, like, oh, so we were doing that wrong. <laughs> oh, I just remembered the Marie Kondo reference. I think I was just re- thinking about the fact that whole idea of hers, which I think is a good one, of keeping what sparks joy. Yes. You know, that is good. Um, but that relates to all of this, too, because you could go on trips and come back with, like, a million different things and right. and get into that trap of suddenly realizing you've created a lot of clutter that you really don't care yes. about that much. So yeah. I think you have to do really look at each item. It has to be meaningful. And if you travel to a – yeah, it has to be meaningful. If you mm-hmm. travel to a place frequently and bring back things every time, right, you can you've got to you curate and edit. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> like my husband and I right now, we have – I mean, as far as trips and cultural items, we have one small clay vase that we got in Belize on our honeymoon. And mm. it's it's teeny. It's, you know, it's like the size of my fist, maybe. And that's it? And it, that's it. It's wow. just this teeny little thing. And, and just this year, I got an air plant to put in there. <laughs> and that's the first time we've ever put anything in there or had any purpose to it. We just have it sitting on a table. And it's something that... He said it's it's our his favorite thing in our house. Wow, that's so, neat. I like that. Yeah. See, for me, it'll be really interesting because I'll be getting my things that I haven't seen in two years. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of all a blur in my head right now. It's right. like I'll be just rediscovering things I didn't even remember I had. Do you ever wonder, if you haven't seen it in two years, I mean, do you think to yourself, if I haven't seen it in two years or haven't needed it in two years, is it really that important? Yeah, I think a lot of it is going to be going. Yeah. <laughs> I have a tendency to, when I pack things away for a long time, I'm like, I don't even want to open that box. I'm right. just going to push the box away and not even look. Yeah. Well, that's a good strategy, too, to use yeah. is to take, like, for example, a kitchen drawer that just has a lot of tools right. in it. Just put everything except the stuff you know you use every day in a box. Yeah. And let it sit somewhere for a month. And you might realize, like, I never use any of it. Exactly. Just I needed one it. thing in a right. month. Right. Yeah. Oh, I've got – we have to talk a little bit about this topic, too, next next time or the time after that. Or, <laughs> or the time after <laughs> or that. Or the time after that. <laughs> I've got a topic for that, definitely. Oh, yeah. Um but so yeah, culture is it's a it's a it's tricky business, and it is a matter of you know, keep reining yourself in and keeping things keeping keeping it calm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's great to be a collector of art or um, things like that, but if you've got piles and piles of this art that is, it's probably being mistreated if it's being piled up. Mm-hmm. So. Knowing that that you're when you take it in, it's something that really means a lot to you and it has a purpose and has a story. Or less is more, I think. I agree in many ways. I've been reading a book called Essentialism that's sort of retraining my thinking along those lines. <laughs> you can eliminate things and still, you know, sometimes that's the best thing you can do. You know, this is a little bit off off from the bringing culture into your home, but it, 
I was thinking about culture and design mm -hmm. specifically. And um, I worked years ago at an architecture firm designing schools. And we did schools, hospitality, and tenant improvement. And we were working on one school where the firm that I worked for had an architect that they asked her to do the interior design. By the way, architects and interior designers are not the same are different. thing. <laughs> they, <laughs> can, they can overlap. And some architects are wonderful interior designers. And some interior designers who have archite architectural training can do that. But they're not the same thing. So that said... This woman who was doing the interiors for this project, it, um, she was from Kenya. And she was a wonderful architect. She was very talented. She, has, she had great interpersonal skills and did a great job communicating with the client, except that um, she chose the, the field color. And the field color is basically the, uh, I've had a lot of people ask me, what is the field color? It's the, it's the color that you see the most of. So if you walk into a home and, and all the walls are white, for example, the field color for the walls is white. If there's an accent color, that's mm. something that accentuates that. So the field color that she had chosen, I think, was something like a neon pink. Wow. I mean, it was bright. Mm -hmm. And her accent colors were neon green, um, a bright blue. I mean, everything was very vivid. And Sounds very tropical. It almost. was very it was very tropical. It was very in your face. Mm. And the the clients, every time she presented, you could see them squirming in their seats trying to, like, how do we tell her this is really awful for the space? Yeah. This is uh. not, I mean, this is a school where the wall, the floors are these neon colors. Mm -hmm. And Sounds too, and children go to the oh, school? Yeah. Sounds too overstimulating for kids. Exactly. So that's when the firm brought me in as the, assistant initially mm. <laughs> and I you know we were sitting in a meeting and and um, I said you know well what what if we had what if we swapped out the field color for a more neutral color and she goes well this is new neutral and <laughs> the hot pink so the hot pink was neutral <laughs> so it's all relative neutral in the U.S. is um, usually a beige black white gray um, earth tones right yeah so, um, and she wasn't aware of that. In Kenya, that would be how they would have designed huh. a, a school. Right. And for her, these were neutral colors. And so I think that that's a really interesting thing as far as culture. And it's a matter of our inter interpretation, too, and mm -hmm. how we see spaces and how we see things. So how did that one end up getting reconciled? Um, in the end, she wasn't too happy about it. I, got, I replaced her as the interior designer, not by choice. Um, I tried subtly sliding things in, and, and in the end, um, the firm said, Rachel, you're, you're on. You're and you on got to have your, and... your neutral color, your neutral field. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was awkward, and it was a little bit sad. It was one of those – the firm liked to do that to me. They also had me take over the green team and fire the person that was in charge of that. And I was mm. just like, oh, my God, this is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was thinking, too, as you were talking about the um, bringing in – elements from the family's history like maybe not yeah. necessarily from another culture or even your own culture but just sort of your family culture yeah you know like yeah. some and that could be a item that has a great story behind it oh absolutely yeah i mean it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a religious piece it doesn't have to be something that was crafted in kenya or you know something mm -hmm. like that it could be 
I don't know. I'm trying to think. Of I know. A, I'm trying to think of a good a example. Good example. Maybe. Um, Maybe it's a boomerang that you played with every day with right. your brothers and sisters as a kid growing up. And or you, something that you, one of your kids made. Right. That you still have, you know. Like. Oh, one of my favorite things is when parents frame their, you know, three and four year olds art. Uh-huh. And put it in. A, on the wall. And, and they put it in these beautiful arrangements on the wall. Yeah. And it, it really, I mean, you look at it and <laughs> there have been times where I've looked at it and thought, oh, that's really beautiful. And they say, oh, that's my kid's art. Right. You've got to be kidding right. me. <laughs> and I love that because it's a great way of dealing with the art, which is yes. always a big issue in households that have kids. Oh, my gosh. It's always like, what do I do with all this artwork? <laughs> I feel bad throwing it out. And You still have to throw out 99% You still have to throw out it. a lot. <laughs> but that is a great way to deal with some of it. And I love anything that's yeah. vertical. So it's yeah. on the wall. It's out of the way. It's not taking up space. Right. And you're still enjoying it. So that's that's a really great solution. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing a, some, a family I knew there was a painting that we thought was like a Jackson Pollock, <laughs> and it was their <laughs> kid's painting. And she said, oh, I just stand back. I stood back from it and just flicked the paint onto the, <laughs> onto the canvas. And it that's literally wonderful. looked like, yeah, it literally looked like it could have been wow. a multi-million dollar painting. I was, I was in someone's home just yesterday. And right when we walked into the entry, there were these beautiful watercolors, um, very abstract. And, and I said, tell me how we start, you know, walking through each space. And I said, tell me how this space makes you feel. And, and what are the challenges in this space? And we, I said, tell me how this ma- space makes you feel. And she said, it makes me feel like this is where I just kick off my shoes and I can just let the slough off the day. Mm-hmm. And I said, tell me about this art. And she said, oh, my children did that. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. That's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> it was just, it, they were sunny. They were beautiful, cheerful. and Right. Done by a couple kids. Yeah, so I like that idea a lot <laughs> of bringing in yeah. a family, something from the family's quote-unquote culture yeah and using it in your design yeah because it exactly what you said it makes you feel good so it does and I don't think that it has to be like we were saying it doesn't have to be um I personally feel left out when I see people talk about their heritage and they talk about you know oh this piece is from my you know this if my husband had a sword from the Waldron clan, I'd be like, yeah, good for you. You know, where do I get to fit into this? Right. <laughs> but I think that that's a really great solution for people like me who mm-hmm. may or may not have that really strong heritage, those strong heritage ties. Yeah, well, it makes me think about my, f- I really have never incorporated elements of my own heritage into yeah. any place that I've lived. So you got me thinking here. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to think about how I can do that. Or even if you want to. I mean, it's it's not needed. Yes, there's no should. Yeah. Definitely It's not about who should. you are and what your space is to you. And if your culture and your heritage is important to you, then it makes sense right. to bring that into your space. Right. So it's delving inside and asking yourself these right. questions. But it shouldn't be forced. Absolutely. No. Because, I mean, clearly to me, my heritage is, it's a mystery. So, mm-hmm. you know. It's, I've always felt strong connections to certain cultures, whether yeah. they're mine or not. <laughs> I, I have a few family items, you know, like China that belong to a great aunt and yeah. things like that. Yeah. But I don't have anything with a cultural aspect. So definitely going to think about that yeah. a little. And my husband's half Sicilian. so Right. See, now that could, that be, could fun. be some interesting that things. That could be fun. Yeah. I feel like I should live in an old stone castle for my husband or something. Right. Which I'm sure he wouldn't mind. Have the way been he likes there? to live. No. Haven't been to no, Ireland. Mm-mm, Me neither. Mm-mm. I really want to go. That's that's going to have to be a trip for the whole family, I think, so that husband can 
excitedly walk around and be like, right. this is, this, your, this is in your blood. And right. <laughs> that would be cool for the kids. It would be. It would be very cool. You'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we've uh, gone through our we've topic cultured for, out. for today. <laughs> yeah, we're cultured <laughs> out. <laughs> so, so thank you so much for joining us. And as always, let us know your thoughts. Let us know your ideas. If there's a subject you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear it. If you'd like to reach Rachel Waldron, go to waldrondesigns.com. And for Emily Herrick, E-M-I-L-Y-H-E-R-R-I-C-K yoga.com. And this is where we sign out. Remember, your inner space reflects your outer space. So make make it it your oasis. I'm Emily Herrick. And I'm Rachel Waldron. Thanks Thanks for for traveling traveling with us to inner space. space.